You've found a show that will explore how to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is both focused and balanced. Welcome to Live Exceptionally. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with demands on our time and attention, it can be difficult to find the space to truly live our best lives. But what if we could find a way to live exceptionally with a sense of purpose, freedom, and rest? Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Welcome back to Live Exceptionally, where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focused, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. Stay connected with us at elisi.org to know about events, inspirational media, and more. And also to sign up to receive our free 30-day e-devotional book. I'm excited about our guest today, Pastor Carol Andrade, who is a mental health and wellness advocate. And she's speaking with us today on anxiety. Good morning, Pastor Carol. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for the honor, for the pleasure. It's always so good to collaborate here with you. Thank you. It's always good to connect on my side as well, because uh, I know we have like interests as it relates to mental wellness and whole wellness. Uh, so I know you were on here before, but I wanted to invite you back, um, pivoting from the September, which was Self-Care Awareness Month. And I continue to dig in regarding care for the soul, uh, the soul as it relates to our mind, our emotions, and our will. And here uh, for a little while, I've been focusing on areas related to mental wellness, particularly our, our mind. So I wanted to talk a bit today about anxiety and panic. And so before we dig into that, topic. Can you go ahead and just briefly share about yourself and your, your background? Well, uh, thank you again. It's such a pleasure to be here and to be part of this mission that you have to educate people about mental health. So thank you again. Well, uh, I function as a pastor for 13 years. Uh, and so, um, and also, I am—I have a passion for the mind to study this topic because I am a survivor of mental health challenges, especially anxiety and depression. So since the Lord uh, took me out from there, I think that I have the mission, the assignment, the purpose to help others to get out of there and to know how to cope effectively and to manage anxiety, depression, and other mental health challenges. That's good. I, I do think that most often our effectiveness in, a, in order to help people or support people uh, in anything is more effective when we actually have a personal experience. Uh, so your ability to not only teach about it or to minister to people, I think is increased, your effectiveness is increased because you've actually 
have walked through it yourself, you can be more empathetic. Yeah. It so makes you, you better, I'm sorry, uh, it makes you a better human being, I think, also. To yes. be compassionate about it because you know how it feels. So that was my biggest, uh, the, the, that's how I received the calling, I think, from this. Uh, and, you know, many people don't understand why or how can the church be linked or associated with mental health. But I think it's God wants us to teach about those things. They are necessary for the body of Christ. Yes. Um, when you said that, one of the scriptures that come to mind is Matthew 11, I believe it is, when he says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and that I will give you rest. And rest is not just limited to like physical. I believe it's rest mentally to our soul, mind, will, and emotions. We can't prosper or function well spiritually if we're being overwhelmed in our soul, in our mind, our emotions. If these like emotional battles are raging, such as anxiety or stress or depression, all these things can over can tend to overwhelm us. Uh, but, and these can impact how we approach our spiritual walk. Um, so in that regard, what do you think are some of the key triggers that cause anxiety? Well, uh, there are two important things here is nature and nurture. Nature refers to genetics, to our biology, uh, to our genetic predisposition. If our family in the past has had these issues, they are in our genes. But the, what pulls the trigger is our environment, nature, our experiences in life. So if we are in, exposed to an experience that is very traumatic, what is inside our genes gets like expressed and exposed. So th those are two important things to know. Nature and nurture is our genetic, but it's also what is outside of us, life itself. Um, and combining those, th those two things, uh, I have added some more key triggers that can cause uh, anxiety are stress, caffeine, skipping meals, for example, because food affects our mood. That's very important. What, what we eat affects how we feel. Also, negative thinking, having negative, negative thoughts that can cause anxiety. Conflict, any type of conflict, especially relationships, in relationships, conflict in relationships. Also, very, very important is trauma. Some people have uh, these triggers because of a trauma, because maybe a smell, uh, a sound, an image of something that triggers a trauma that hasn't been healed and resolved that can cause anxiety and other mental health challenges as well. Also, sleep deprivation. For sure, it is proven, for sure that if you don't sleep well, that lack of sleep will affect your mood. That's very important. Because when we sleep, 
our brain makes our, makes processes of renewing, of restoring, of like a in simple language, housekeeping, like a housekeeping process when we sleep. So if we sleep well, that's why I stress the importance of having uh, a pattern, a healthy pattern of, of sleeping, sleeping at the same uh, the same hour. Uh, two hours before, don't answer uh, triggering, stressing emails or having difficult conversations with other people. Two hours before you go to bed, you have to be preparing your body to go to sleep and help your body to go to sleep. Um, also, fina financial stress, that's an important thing, and life's challenges. So those are some of the things that can cause anxiety. I think for every person is something different. We respond in a unique way to life. But anxiety is, if we, if we process life in a negative perspective, we are more predisposed to experience anxiety. Yes, though the, I love all those things that you list um, when you talk about nature and nurture uh, in terms of some of the things are coming from genetic genetics where we're predisposed to anxiety or emotional uh, battles. Uh, but then certainly a lot of these other triggers that you mentioned, life challenges, finances, conflict, diet, uh, trauma, sleep. And if we're not actually managing those in a robust way in terms of we're one, identifying them and two, not only identifying them, but trying to address them in a way that's not going to exacerbate the anxiety or stress in our mind, but in a way that's going to help us. Um, I'm chuckling to myself about the sleep because and, and diet, because as of, I guess a little over a week ago, I have recommitted to focusing on my diet and my sleep habits and recognizing that these impact how I feel throughout the day in terms of feeling um, like headaches, um, my like pressure on my head, which is to me a form of anxiety uh, and like trying to get back into a pattern, a regular pattern of sleep that I had gotten away from. And I think they all contribute to just even how we approach our day, how we feel throughout the day. Uh, and and so today is my first day where I said I'm committing to the sleep. So I, I, I shut off. I stopped any snacks at a certain time. I stopped my uh, drinking of any liquids two hours before bedtime and then put my phone away an hour before bedtime. Uh, because even just the light from the phone, the being on social media. So I cut off the phone an hour before I went to sleep and I was able to wake up this morning without my alarm, you know, before five o'clock, which is what my preference is versus, and, and wake up alert as opposed to waking up groggy and dragging and just mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. Uh, and it was just a huge difference, which is when I am being disciplined, like, it's consistent and, and feeling well and perky <laughs> when I wake up versus dragon. Yes. It's always good. You have a rest is key. And you teach of that a lot. You have a beautiful, and I recommend that book to everybody you have in, in the back, how to rest. 
sleep, not just physical rest. We're talking here about emotional rest, mental rest. And that is, as you have teached, have, and you have taught, I'm sorry, is a discipline. That is what do you think are some of the reasons that these triggers that you talk about, and this, this is a, a, a healthy list, but I think they're all applicable, whether a person is a believer or not. Why do you think these reasons are triggers for believers? Like so many believers are struggling with anxiety, struggling with panic attacks. What, what, is, what do you think some of the reasons are for that? Well, I think it's ignorance, mm. basically. Uh, leaders, sadly, most, most leaders of the church are ignorant about this. And maybe they haven't experienced it themselves or they are hiding it. And they are afraid to speak about it, maybe because they don't have the tools or they don't have the knowledge or they are afraid that they will experience rejection or criticism about uh, uh, if they speak about these topics. So, but I think that's not correct. We cannot uh, block ourselves to speak about this. This is key. This is important. And I can experience, I can talk from my, from my experience. I have been criticized for this, it's, uh, but I don't really give it the importance because I know that God wants me to do this because this, this is needed in the body of Christ. And as, as we were speaking in the beginning, as we were talking, uh, God wants us to experience rest in every area of our lives. And the church has understand uh, being understanding rest just from a physical perspective. But if a person has depression or anxiety or any other mental health challenges, that person is not going to be able to receive in a church, mm. even if the word is powerful, even if the presence of God is there, that mental health challenge can block person to receive. So I think the church has to be able to address this situation with the people that go to church. So I think it's ignorance, it's the lack of education. And we don't, we don't have to become all therapists and psychologists to speak about mental health. The thing is, by starting reading, you know, yes, be careful what you read, but I, we can recommend here several Christian authors. Uh, for example, the, uh, Dr. Cloud, or there are many others. We can uh, give that uh, in the, a link or something later. But the Holy Spirit will put in your hands the information that is accurate and godly. We cannot block ourselves to speak about those things because you never know when you will experience. And that's, this is what I say to people. Don't wait until you have a mental health crisis to know how to handle a mental health crisis. It's maybe it can be too late. Right. For me, for my experience, the crisis forced me to learn, to study, 
how could I, how could I get out of there? Not, I didn't want to peel. Right. I didn't want it, a drug. I didn't want a drug. Some people think that path, I don't, I don't criticize it. I, I, I think sometimes it's needed, but I think it's not the first step. Pills are never the first step. It's training your mind with God, working hard in your mind because there is a battle inside here. Yeah, and you know, I feel like sometimes when we do the pills, and I don't criticize either, it's not my first preference uh, or any preference of mine. I feel like there's like a domino effect. Like you, you take one pill and then it's causing implications in the body with other things then they prescribe another pill and then yeah. before you know it you're taking three or four pills and then also a lot of times if in taking the pill it's almost like you I hear people talk about how they don't feel like themselves that they feel yeah. different so like even though they may, yeah <laughs> even though they might feel better so to speak on one hand on the other hand they don't feel themselves they they feel off a little bit off uh, well, but one of the things you are you're saying about not just the the ignorance, but I feel like in this day, depending upon like the denomination or the stream of the body of Christ, and a lot of streams nowadays, you hear a lot of talk about revival, which I think is awesome because revival is important. We need to be focused focused on outreach and evangelism. But then I feel like there's a piece that's missing around discipleship with yeah. some of this mental wellness and focus on care for the soul is important. So people get saved, people accept the Lord, people mm -hmm. are on fire. But then when these challenges and these triggers that you talk about come, like challenges, finances, they're not equipped to actually address or to plow through or battle through the challenges that they face because there's so much focus on the initial uh, salvation, prayer salvation, uh, that we're not doing uh, in some areas, some churches, the discipleship. Well, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's, it's not just getting very emotional, uh, with revival. I think revival is transformation of the mind. If revival is not transforming the mind, then for me, I don't think it's a revival because Revival is transformation. And how are we going to to live transformation, experience transformation, if our mind is not renewed? So, uh, by the way, the word repentance comes uh, from the word uh, metanoia, that is a change in the mind. So a change of perspective, a change of how we see things. So I think that's true revival. It, we cannot have revival without a transformation of the mind, and that comes with discipleship, as you explained. How do you think that these impact one's health and wellness? Yeah. I, anxiety, depression, mental health challenges can be very uh, debilitating for people who suffer from those. Uh, and that's why some people don't understand why a person with depression, uh, oh, just get over it, you know, just 
shake it up or a person with anxiety oh stop it stop that negative thinking and it's it's not as easy as as it seems right over a depression or anxiety you know uh again speaking from my experience uh when i struggled with those things i i had the will to get out you know but I had the racing thoughts. Mm. I had my heart racing every morning. And every day it was a challenge. Every day the racing thoughts were there. And the interesting thing about anxiety and depression is that they work together. So for psychologists or therapists, sometimes it's difficult to identify them because they, they're like twin sisters, I, I think. They have very overlapping symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing is impossible for God. I'm here to say that uh, God can heal your soul. And and God can, and if the anxiety comes back, God will teach you how to handle it. So you don't get into a dark hole or in a cave of depression, deep depression. And I know it's not as easy as it's, we can talk and say, I oh, do this, do that, do that. It's a journey of healing. And mostly I think it's a battle, but how can, how can this impact our health? Well, our body and our mind, our soul, they're together. We cannot separate them. God made us as he is three in one. So our spirit, our soul, in our body are also as he is three in one we cannot separate these things and that's what i think the church is not understanding the church is expert at addressing spiritual things but the church is lacking how to address the things of the soul and we will never raise a powerful army for jesus if we don't train people how to live in their souls in a healthy way. If we don't teach people, if we don't educate them in how to deal with stress, with anxiety, with depression, with uh, psychosis, with PTSD, how many people after COVID are still having the triggers from that year 2020? Right. And they haven't been healed. Or how many people are still battling with depression, with anxiety, because maybe they lost a loved one. Yeah. Or they lost their job or they lost their business. They are still grieving about it. And maybe the church is just saying, oh, just pray about it. It's not that simple. We have to train people. So this can affect our body. You know, we have to uh there are two areas of our nervous system the sympathetic system and the parasympathetic system the sympathetic system controls our fight or flight responses it keeps us alert it keeps uh, it keeps us ready for then for to address anything outside that it might seem as as dangerous and there's also this parasympathetic system that regulates rest and digest when the parasympathetic system is activated, we are able to rest. 
So people who have the sympathetic system constantly activated, they suffer from a weak immune system. People that can be easily, get easily sick or flu or any other type of sickness can hit them because their immune system is weak. Also chronic stress and inflammation. Chronic inflammation is a risk factor for health problems and diseases such as cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, asthma, osteoporosis, arthritis, and many others. So this is just a little bit of how anxiety and other mental health challenges can affect can negatively affect our bodies. Wow, that was a mouthful. I can't even repeat some of those names that you shared. <laughs> uh, but it definitely highlights the importance of these things. It seems little because it's sometimes it can become a part of our life that, oh, it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal because not only are we being imp impacted from a mental perspective, but it's impacting our health, which then would impacts our how we function. Uh, whether it's work, our children, uh, ministry, all these things have a, a, an effect where it's uh, wreaking havoc in a number of different areas. Um, so with those type of medical challenges that impact us physically, what can we do to overcome uh, anxiety? And, and before you answer that, one of the things that you said that I really liked was healing of the soul. And healing of the soul, it is something, it's not some people can be instantly healed, like through deliverance. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of times it is, as you say, a journey which comes through inner healing, that process of God healing someone uh, on the inner man. And oftentimes I find that people associate he inner healing or deliverance with trauma or uh, some like big type of issue that a person, a quote unquote big issue that a person may have. But we could be delivered even just in areas that are not like this traumatic type of experience. For example, if I am overly focused on working too much, or maybe I'm being a, a, a have a spirit of accusation where I'm just being very overly critical about everything. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit brings it to my attention, you know, that why are you being so uh accusatory, why are you being overcritical? That's something to, and if it's something where it's become a pattern where I need deliverance from that, you know, and then asking myself, well, where did that come from? Is there some type of circumstances or interaction that uh, perpetuated that being a part of a pattern now in how I interact with people where, okay, I need to identify that maybe it's something that I need to be healed from. So it's a ever evolving process that we're continuing as we mature and developing in Christ that we're continuously needing some type of healing. So there's these uh, major areas where we need a deliverance um, from a trauma or some type of significant pain. But then even just as we go in this walk, there are things that we're continuing to evolve and develop in that we will continually always need God to uh, heal us from, always need some type of deliverance, even if it's not some like big thing, for lack of a better word. 
Uh, but in that, so that journey, I feel like it's ebbs and flows. Like we, we get the victory. God heals us. God allows us to overcome some type of channel as we continue to grow and mature in him. There might be something else that he reveals to us that we need growth and healing and deliverance uh, from. So from that perspective, what do you think people can do to overcome anxiety? I know I said a lot. That, that's great. Thank you. Uh, well, I think but the Bible is the greatest book for psychology. Psychology is not about the Word of God. Yeah. That's what I said. I say always that I teach about mental health because I think the Bible is filled with with revelation of God to heal our minds. That's that's the the will of God that we can experience prosperity in every area of our lives. So also Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And the problem is that with those mental health challenges, anxiety, depression, and we're talking today about anxiety, is that we don't see the truth. Maybe there's a negative uh, pattern that is causing sometimes that anxiety or a false perception, an incorrect perception about things that is causing that anxiety. So I think is when we're able to see things from God's perspective, that really helps to ease, to calm, to manage the anxiety. Amen. I can give, give again the example of the pandemic, for example. How many people died in the pandemic? And people were very anxious. They were very afraid that, were, that they might die too, or their loved ones, their loved ones. So... I remember one word that the Lord gave me at the time, and he said, the ones who live in me, they never die. I communicated that message to the church. And I said to them at the time, at the time don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of, of that you're beloved, uh, that, you're, that people that you love will die. Because if they die in God, they will never die. So why would you be anxious? Why would you be afraid of, of it? So it's changing how we see things, changing our perspective and receiving God's perspective. I am going to be removed from Carol's perspective for how Carol sees things right. and get with God into that secret place in intimacy with God listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how do you see this situation? How, what is the perspective for this problem with my spouse? What is your perspective for these uh, financial struggles that I'm having? Yes. Or for this, then that, um, this, uh, I can just, for example, give another example, a person that comes out from the doctor and is diagnosed with cancer or a terminal illness. God, how can you, can I see this from your perspective? So I think 
the way we process things and the way we interpret things is key to handle anxiety and any other mental health challenge. I think that's, I think that, that, that really uh, affects everything else. Yes. Because we can talk here about, okay, you can cope with anxiety by practicing self-care. Yes. But if you practice self-care and you still are embracing your perspective, your negative perspective, even if you go two hours walking outside in nature, nothing is going to happen. Right. You're going to be embracing in and having those uh, ruminate, ruminating thoughts. So it's a battle. You have to fight for that. It's, it's not easy, but, I, but it, can, it can be a truth in your life if you work with God. Amen. What would you like to share as your closing thoughts or prayer for those who might be listening? Well, I, I want to thank you again for this opportunity. Every time that uh, that you connect with me to collaborate is such a pleasure because this is so it's very few people in the body of Christ that I that are having the revelation that you're having to educate people about mental health. It's so key, it's so needed. Many people are ignorant about this, many people are suffering from those things and they are not opening themselves because maybe they're afraid of the judgment because maybe they have been beaten up by the church or by other leaders. What can leaders do to help their parishioners while they are struggling with things of the mind, with mental health challenges? Think first is key to educate ourselves about it. As I said at the beginning, we don't have to become psychologists or therapists or experts in the mind to speak about those things. Reading, having the basic tools of knowledge to address those, those things and being open to share about your personal experiences also because I think a certain way every one of us has had stress, anxiety, depression, or any, or any other mental health uh, challenge. So I would say to leaders, let's go there and release this. Let's go out there and release this message about mental health. It doesn't matter the criticism. It doesn't matter. People will always talk about whatever. You know, you can never please people. But I think we're, we're raising a new generation in the church there's a new regeneration also of leaders that are able to equip people, not just in the spirit, but also in the mind, also in the body. Because that's the will of God, that we can prosper in those three areas. Yes, we can be, there are some pastors that are great in their spirit, you know. Many leaders, they are powerful in the spirit. They preach, wow, what revelation. But after that, they go to depression again, to anxiety again. How many pastors commit suicide, for example? Pastors, if we take that facade that we have, pastors battle a lot with mental health challenges. Ministry 
It's not easy. So we leaders have to be able to open ourselves to this topic. And as I said before, I I am so grateful with the Lord that you have been so faithful and you this with such an excellence. You have your book, you have now this podcast. And you are, uh, I see very few leaders doing what you are doing. So every time that you invite me here, it's such a pleasure. And I can collaborate a little bit with you of the great things that you're doing for the Lord. So thank you again for everything that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to uh, some future collaboration, uh, maybe when you get done with uh, this current school work that you're in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you. And uh, we will definitely be in touch for uh, some future sessions. Thank you. And thank you again for having me. That's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. And stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week. Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.